Welcome to day 126 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today get us started into the 14th book of the Bible, 2 Chronicles. We're reading 2 Chronicles chapters 1 through 3 and Psalm 53. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. The brief psalm for today, Psalm 53, wonders as God looks at humankind, if he can find anyone wise or anyone who seeks God. Clearly, as we begin reading 2 Chronicles, the narrator's answer to that question is yes. Look at Solomon. 2 Chronicles chapter 1 turns its attention not only to Solomon, but to the construction of the temple. The building and dedication of the temple will take up the first nine chapters of this book. The first thing Solomon does as king in Chronicles is to seek out God. Taken almost directly from the book of Kings, when God grants Solomon one request, Solomon asks for wisdom or a listening or discerning heart so that he can lead this people that God has given to him. In response, God not only gives him wisdom, but grants to him wealth and longevity as well. Also, as in the book of Kings, the description of Solomon's wealth is overwhelming. Although less obviously critical of Solomon's accumulation than the Deutero-historian was in the book of Kings, the chronicler still draws attention to the somewhat questionable exporting and importing practices of Solomon. Nevertheless, the overall picture of Solomon and his leadership is viewed positively by this narrator. Chapter 2 reconnects Solomon with his father's ally, or perhaps his father's vassal, King Hiram of Tyre. Solomon asks for and is granted all the materials, the craftsmen, and even the laborers that Solomon will need to complete the temple in Jerusalem. Again, although not as critical as the narrator of Kings, even here in Chronicles, Solomon's conscription of forced labor to build the temple is acknowledged. The use of his royal power will in time come to be a point of contention among the northern and the southern tribes. The use of the massive coerced workforce will make the temple construction efficient and possible, but it also plants the seed of resentment that will come back to bite Solomon's son Rehoboam and will ultimately divide the kingdom in two. The first two verses of chapter 3 not only give the temple a geographic setting, but also a theological one. Connecting the threshing floor purchased by David with Mount Moriah locates the temple at the very place where Abraham offered Isaac up to God. The location of the temple will not only be highly sacred, but the rest of the chapter goes on to describe how beautiful and ornate Solomon makes the temple. No expense is spared. It's interesting that Solomon acknowledges that God does not need a house, but like Abraham, the people need a place to sacrifice to God. This summer, I got to visit St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome for the first time. It's not only an obviously spectacular architectural and artistic achievement, but that great cathedral is built on layers of history and quite literally on the bones of the saints. The Deutero-historian and later the Gospels will be a bit suspicious of the temple and its ornateness, but the chronicler is a little more sympathetic towards Solomon and employs more of what I'd call a hermeneutic of charity toward the building and the meaning of the temple. I'll admit, after seeing several of the great cathedrals on our trip this summer, including the amazing Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, Spain, 
I'm much more sympathetic to our human need for sacred spaces. God may not need them, nor can God be contained in them, as Solomon acknowledges, but there's still something honorable and unifying about having carefully imagined and artistically crafted spaces where the transcendent can break into the imminent. Where are those spaces for you? Sometimes they may be in places like Moriah, where God has met us in the past. Or sometimes those sacred spaces may be carefully constructed or artistically shaped in order to draw our attention and gaze toward God. Or sometimes they may be natural spaces designed and crafted majestically by the Creator. Wherever they may be, our heart longs for spaces where the sacred can break in. We keep reading about the temple tomorrow. Our text for tomorrow, our second Chronicles, chapters four through six. I'll talk to you tomorrow.